0: Chapter five of Grace Harlow with the American Army on the Rhine by Jessie Graham Flower This Librivox recording is in the public domain Recording by Ashley Jane Chapter five Grace Wins and is Sorry The General saluted and stepped away, and in a moment or so a squad of soldiers ran to the car. All hands out, please, called Grace. No need to have them lift us with the car. Up to this time, J. Elfrida had not dared permit herself to catch Grace's eye, knowing very well that were she to do so, she would laugh. Perhaps Captain Grace was of the same opinion regarding her own emotions, so she avoided Elfrida's eyes. The men quickly boosted the car back into the road. Take the wheel and make a fresh start, Elfrida. "'directed Grace, after thanking the doughboys. "'I beg most respectfully to be excused. "'Mrs. Smythe, I ask to be relieved from driving. "'An empty road and a wide one is the only safe place for me to experiment. "'May I turn the wheel over to Mrs. Gray?' "'The supervisor half-nodded. "'She was dazed, at least she appeared to be so, "'and had not a word to say.' At least two of her companions in the car found themselves wondering what her thoughts were at that moment. After a little, Elfreda ventured to speak. How wide and expansive the morning is, she observed. Very, agreed Grace. I don't know what you were talking about, but I agree with you. A great silence hovered over the army automobile, so far as the rear seat was concerned though eventually Grace and Elfrida fell to discussing army matters of a general nature. At noon they halted for mess, then proceeded on at a slow speed, for they were close up to the engineers, who were following the advance column to examine roads for mines and repair them where necessary. Thus far not a gun had been fired, though at any moment a blast was looked for by everyone in third army. Airplanes were constantly buzzing overhead, observation balloons were continuously on watch in the skies, and every precaution was being taken to guard against a surprise. That night their bedroom again was in a cellar, and once more one Lou brought them faggots and water. They had left Mrs Chadsey Smythe at the cellar that had been assigned to her. Miss Cahill arrived at about the same time on an army truck and shared the cellar with Madame, Miss O'Leary, and the maid, Marie de Bussy. Grace Harlowe, I take my hat off to you, Elfrida exclaimed, throwing off her cap and blouse. Chad got her desserts that time. But woman, look out for her. Revenge is as sweet to her as it is to you. Revenge is not sweet to me. "'objected Grace. "'I am so sorry that I turned the tables on her as I did, "'but it was an opportunity that I could not miss. "'At least it served one useful purpose. "'Madame did not speak to me all the rest of the day. "'What a heavenly relief. "'Do you suppose the General knew who she was? "'He may have known who she was, "'but I do not believe he understood "'that she was the woman to whom you referred.' I hope the general doesn't find out that he was abusing the woman to her face, Elfrida chuckled. He will learn it the first time I see him. I feel that I did an inexcusable thing in drawing him into the muss as I did. I'm always doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. It is war, reminded Elfrida. Ah, here comes our friend the Chinaman. Good evening, one. What is it? "'Plenty flying apple,' he answered, "'emptying out full two quarts of red apples from a gas-mask bag. "'Oh, isn't that fine?' glowed Elfreda. "'I haven't had an apple since I left America. "'Grace, what do you think of that? "'I think one must have found an orchard in a cellar somewhere. "'Thank you ever so much. "'Why do you do so many nice things for us?' "'Nice lady, Allah.' Missy seen nice birdie fly, fly away. One accompanied the words with a wink and knowing smirk. What do you mean? demanded Grace, regarding him narrowly. For answer, one formed a spiral in the air with one hand, raising the hand a little higher with each circle, then sending the hand flitting through the air in imitation of a bird's flight. Grace caught the meaning instantly. Oh! You mean a bird? Less. Plygin bird. Him fly, alla, Missy see Plygin fly. Did you see it, one? Me savvy, me see. Do you know where they came from? Where they were going or who sent them? Understand me? Not no. Plenty blad man. Mebbe Chinaman blad man. Why do you tell me then? Missy no like blad man. No like Plydgin go so, pointing to the east. Thank you. I understand. You must keep watch, one, and let me know who is making the Plydgin fly-fly. Juan nodded and chuckled, then, shaking hands with himself, trotted away without another word. What was that wild heathen talking about? demanded Elfrida. You appeared to understand perfectly what he was getting at, "'but I couldn't make a single thing out of it. "'He was trying to convey to me that something bad is going on in the Third Army. "'What is the something? "'Perhaps I shall be able to tell you about that later. "'One is a wise Chinaman. "'He knew that I knew something was going on, "'and wished to let me know he was on our side. "'I don't believe many of the Orientals in the Labour Battalion "'are in the same class with our friend.' To change the subject, do you know I feel sorry for that poor little Marie de Bussy? The half-dumb way she looks at you is almost heartbreaking. Mrs. Smythe must make her life miserable. When we get to the Rhine, we must try to do something for the girl. Did you observe that Miss Cahill came through on a camion today? Yes, I observed it. Mrs. Smythe evidently did not propose to be so crowded. "'No, she wished to be free to jump if you hit another bridge,' declared Elfrida. "'Supper was attended with the same smoke-screen "'as had happened at the meal of the previous evening, "'but they enjoyed their mess and chatted and teased each other "'until it was time to turn in. "'Grace was up at daybreak again but did not awaken her companion. "'The morning was very chill But the air was clear, and Grace with her binoculars surveyed the surrounding country as well as she could in the half-light of the early morning, appearing to be especially interested in every clump of trees within the range of her vision. Day was just dawning when she discovered that of which she was in search, a pigeon rising into the air from a field quite a distance to the southward. As on the previous occasion, the pigeon flew east and was followed at regular intervals by two others. There could be no doubt about it now. War pigeons were being sent toward the enemy country, though Grace was not at all certain that it was enemy agents who were doing the sending. In any event, it was a matter that should be reported, which the Overton girl determined to do that very day. Without saying anything to her companion of what she had observed, Grace ate her breakfast, and, asking Elfrida to clean up and pack up, set out for Mrs Smythe's headquarters. The supervisor was just eating her breakfast. Her face flushed as she saw who her visitor was, but she spoke no word, merely stared. I have come, Mrs Smythe, for two reasons— First, to ask what your orders are for the day. Secondly, to tell you I am sorry that I gave way to my inclinations yesterday and related the story of our troubles to the general. I ordinarily fight my own battles. You must admit, however, that I had very excellent reasons for feeling as I did toward you. You insulted and humiliated me cried the supervisor, suddenly finding her speech. And you also have insulted and humiliated me, replied Grace. It is my feeling that you are well entitled to all that you received, but my regret is that I permitted myself to be the instrument of the rebuke. You are my superior I am at all times ready to take and obey any reasonable orders that you may give me. However, we must understand each other. My self-respect will not permit me to remain silent under such tongue-lashings as you have been indulging in. It must cease, Mrs. Smythe. You, you are telling me, your commanding officer, what? "'I must do,' demanded the woman, exercising more than ordinary self-restraint. "'No, not that, Mrs Smythe. "'What I am seeking to do is to convince you that it will not be advisable "'for the peace of mind of either of us for you to continue your unkind treatment of me. "'And, in the event that I decide to do as I please, "'in all matters relating to your official duties, What then? Grace shrugged her shoulders. Attention! Grace smiled sweetly. The regulations do not require me to salute a superior when that superior is seated, without head covering, and with blouse unbuttoned. Neither do the regulations require that I shall come to attention in such circumstances. This is not an official call and I do not expect you to receive me as such. Therefore, you must expect no more of me. I am here as woman to woman to ask that you treat me like a human being, and then to ask your forgiveness for my questionable revenge of today. Even the Huns have signed an armistice and agreed to cease fighting. Surely you and I, as good Americans, should be able to settle our differences by declaring an armistice. And you may rest assured that I shall do my part toward preserving the peace. What are your feelings on the matter and your orders for the day, please? Driver, my feelings are my own. You came here with deliberate intention of further insulting me. "'I am sincerely sorry that you took it in that light. "'I know you will not feel that way "'after you have thought over what I have said. "'Have you anything further to say, driver? "'If so, say it and have done, "'for it will be your last opportunity.' "'Only to ask again for orders, Mrs. Smythe,' "'replied Grace sweetly. "'My orders are that you get out of my sight instantly.' The supervisor rose, buttoned her blouse to the throat and pulled on her cap. Go, she commanded, pointing to the cellar opening. Grace Harlowe clicked her heels together and snapped into a salute, then, executing a right-about, marched from the cellar and back to her own headquarters under a ruined cottage. End of chapter 5 Recording by Ashley Jane.